what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Hey, welcome to the Healthy AF Podcast. We all know that health is complex and multifaceted. Amy Chang and Fran Paradine are here to break it down, talk it up, and learn from a whole slew of really amazing guests. Fran and Amy are both health coaches, and just like health, their practices and viewpoints are individualized. You'll hear different takes on the same information as they discuss all things health, and you'll learn with them as they talk with guests who explore all different areas of health. Every episode will be fun, informative, and entertaining. If you like what you hear, please follow us and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Good morning, everybody, and thanks for tuning in to Healthy AF. We are happy you are here, and we have a fantastic treat for all of you. We're here with my friend Atiba Johnson out of Wilmington, North Carolina, Atiba has his hands all over everything good that is happening to help people, particularly in the downtown area of Wilmington. And we have him on today to talk about food deserts. He's opened a um, market in the middle of a food desert downtown and created a ripple. And I jumped on the opportunity to have him on as a guest and tell us how he did that, why he did that, what the community was like before, uh, what the impact of the community has been, how you can look for supporting food deserts in and around your area, and just all kinds of like, I've got a thousand questions up over here. So (laughs) I'm very glad to be here with Fran. Maybe she can slow me down a little bit. And Mr. Ativa Johnson. (laughs) Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. Fran, how are you this morning? I'm doing really well. The sun is finally back out after three days of clouds and rain from Hurricane mm. Ian. So it's wonderful. Yeah, they have a shade all through my window. Fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, Atiba, Fran and I, after speaking with you and, and talking about your success in bringing food to the community, we've done a podcast about food deserts and some of the um, percentages in specifically North Carolina, where they are, um, what some of the impacts of them are. And I want to get to that, but I want to start where we kind of start with everybody and just have you tell us your story. Who is Atiba? <laughs> uh, well, you know, I'm a local Wilmingtonian, uh, born and raised, left, went to Winston-Salem State University, came back home, uh, and I'm just a serial entrepreneur, uh, just a guy that cares about. I love my city, as, as I'm pretty sure everyone uh, loves their city. I love my city. Um, and I just know working for someone wasn't going to be my my cup of tea, so... Again, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've had everything from nightclubs and laundromats, you know, now a grocery store, nonprofit. So you name it, I've dabbled, um, had fun at it, and, and, and that's that's my spiel. Yeah, so when I hear you describe that, what I hear is I like to create stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like to create stuff, and I'll, I'll even throw this out there. I like to create stuff that serves other people. And what do you get out of 
doing that? Uh, so I don't have ADD. Um, I, I like to call it a gift of, I know when it's time to, to cut it loose. Um, and so I feel like every business has a, a life expectancy, um, not necessarily the business, but I think ownerships have a life expectancy. And so I will definitely get bored after a couple of years. Um, but but it, it serves me because I like to show I'm from the projects. And so, you know, I made it out, you know, um, and I like to show these kids who are having a, a tougher upbringing that you, too, can make it without doing anything illegal, or without being illegal. And, you know you too can, can, can make it. And then, you know, like pass that business along, you know, this is, this is something that I can just pass on to my kids or whatever. So Atiba, when you um, talk about making it out and, and setting that example for other kids, what, what are the things that you are telling them? Like how, how do they do that? What, how did, how did you do it? What example, um, what specifics do you think that they need to do to get from kind of where where you grew up to be a successful businessman? Education is definitely important. Um, you, you know, even with my nonprofit, we push education. So education is important um, and life skills. You have to know how to treat people. Um, this, this isn't this isn't. You know, entrepreneurship, starting businesses isn't, oh, I'm going I'm to get into this and make a bunch of money and get rich and retire type thing. Um, that's the false American dream. And so I like I like to be really realistic and get results. Um, but I know what I could bring to the table. So any business I start, I know a lot of people um, have a proven track record. So I'm going to make it work regardless of what it is. I'm going to make it work. That dedication, I think, is lost in this newer generation. You know, I call it the microwave generation. They want everything, everything right now, and it's fast, and it's got to happen, or they on to the next. Um, so you got to have some kind of dedication, and you got to have some kind of compassion for people and what you're doing. Um, if it's work, it's not going to be fun. And if it's a passion mm-hmm. for you, it's not work. And so you can just continue to do this. My thing is to just show my kids, hey, I don't care what you want to be. Um, you can do anything you put your mind to. You know what I mean? And so... You know, whether it's owning a grocery store, whether it's detailing a car, whether it's whatever you do, you just be the best at what you're doing um, and then treat people right. And, you know, I think your blessings will come down when you're doing those types of things. You just said so much in like that two minutes. Like, <laughs> I, I need to rewind the tape on a few of those things. Fran, I'm going to give to you and Atiba what I heard and really stuck to my bones. And then if I missed anything, I'm sure that you'll have something to add in. Um, I heard compassion. You know, I heard dedication. I heard um, a real spark for treating people well and the first thing I heard was you didn't become a successful entrepreneur who was service minded by being isolated. Oh, correct. Yeah, yeah. you got you got to be out there. Um, yeah, sure. And I think that's I think that's something that we tend to miss. Sometimes um, I know I miss that. I get all up in Amy Chang is going to create this. Amy Chang is going to create that. I'm going to do this, but without you know, but in isolation, the success is only goes so far. And what you said is, I know what I bring to the table and some of what I bring to the table 
are my people skills who have created a whole realm of people to have my back. Correct. That is so powerful, you know, over here for me. That's my nugget for the day is to not forget that, that that's where that power lies. And you grow that that, uh, group of people by being, having those life skills and, and knowing how to treat people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's yeah. interesting. I think what you, so yeah, I mean, think, Amy, what you're talking about is community, right? Yeah. Like you, you have created a community around you and it sounds like you have done, you, you've been in all sorts of different businesses. Yes. You know, a, a nightclub is certainly a different clientele. <laughs> I would yeah. think than like the people who are coming to your grocery store, there may yeah. be some overlap. Um, but the, the, you know, the goal and what you're, what you're creating there is different, but it sounds like you have a a solid group of people who you trust, who trust you Mm -hmm. kind of Mm -hmm. recognize, um, who you are and what you are. And you can apply that, um, and apply your skills to whatever business it is. Yes. So do you find that that sense of, um, community building based on service by the way side note i love it that i talked for like five minutes and fran was like you're talking about community (laughs) (laughs) i'm like oh yeah that was that word that's the word i was looking for (laughs) senior moment um yeah so do you find atiba in your work with younger people in the projects that that sense of service and community and community and service is missing not missing. So, so the difficulty, here's the thing. So my nonprofit, when I first started that, I focused on youth. Um, then that rolled into coaching pop Warner football that rolled into, um, you know, even with my nonprofit, I'm going to be there from the beginning. I'm going to be right there. Graduation, past graduation. I get wedding invitations. Mm-hmm. I'm there when the babies are born. So I continue to follow you and I'm committed to that because you really, garner and you create a new family you understand what i'm saying so you go from that to a nightclub and so i deal with the 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 middle age and the you know the 20 or to try to be 18 wanting to sneak in the club until about 40 45 age group and you give them something great to do in a safe environment and everyone is having fun and we're talking about all cultures black white hispanic um and then now you fast forward you know, I had a nightclub for about had two nightclubs, actually, for about four years. And then fast forward to now where I'm dealing with the seniors and the older population. So I've actually covered every age category and I've been consistent with, you know, you walk in. Hey, I know your mom. or Hey, I know, you know, your child or, you know, hey, Mr. T, I need my, my son needs help in school. And it's like, well, hey, stay out the club so much. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, I'm, I can kind of touch you, you know, everywhere. Um, and even with guys, you know, I, I tell people all the time, you know, when they, they throw up gangs in Wilmington and I say, we don't have a gang problem in Wilmington. Um, and I sit on several boards with the city. My biggest thing is we have a gang situation in Wilmington. We don't have a gang problem. Chicago has a gang problem. Durham has a gang problem. California has a gang problem. Wilmington, we are two or three degrees separation from everybody. We have technically one or two clubs in the African-American community that we all go to. We, we have two Walmarts. We run into everybody every day 
all the time, different games, different sections. When I had my clubs, I would have everybody in the club. Everybody had a good time. Everybody went home safely. You're dealing with alcohol. You're dealing with emotions. Yeah, you had one or two fights in my four-year tenure, but nothing, no shootings, no stabbings, no nothing crazy. Um, but I think, and I understand, I do understand law enforcement. I work well with law enforcement, really get friends with the police chief and the sheriff. Um, do programs with them as well. And I get you have to, hey, we got this issue so that we can get more funding or a grant or we need more boots on the ground. Um, so I do understand that aspect of it. But when you over-sensualize that it's a gang problem and it's gangs here and they're running rampant, we don't we really don't have that situation. Um, Are you this? I just want to be clear that I understand what you're saying. Um, you don't have that a gang problem there because it's such a small community and because Absolutely. all the different gang, all the different like factions are together at some point. You know, friend, it's, it's weird because we have a we have a housing situation. We have a housing problem in Wilmington, affordable housing problem. Yes. Um, and so when you take a family and move them from one side of town to another side of town and maybe a teenager in that household is in a gang, we're we going to call it that. And they move to opposition side of town. Like we have an affordable housing problem. We don't have a gang problem. Um, the schools, you don't go to a school based on what gang you're in. You go to a school based on where you live. Right. Um, and so again, some of the problems and some of the situations that occur, I think could be talked out with the right people in place. So what we have is, um, a bunch of group efforts in this town that's fighting different problems. And one of the situations is we have a, a great, great core of white people that love us. You understand what I'm saying? They really, you know, some of them are privileged and they don't really understand that they're privileged. And so they want to help out and they're helping out is either throw money at it or let me tell you what's wrong and how to fix this without Ooh. action. <laughs> okay, wait, let's stop on that right there. Fran, from a coaching perspective, does that ever create sustainable change? Mm-hmm. No. 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 Yeah, so you have to really get involved in the community and it's not a it's not a always a monetary situation. Um again, I, I have friends on the Democratic side, on the Republican side, I have black friends, white friends, and I mean genuine friends, not just a loosely thrown out word. Um and so I, I do get asked often. And I sit, like I said, I sit on several boards. I get called to a lot of meetings just to ask, hey, how can we do this? Or what should be done here? And it's like, it's exhausting. Uh, politicians call, hey, which church should I go to? And my question is, are you ever going to go back to that church? Right. Well, if not, don't go for a vote. Don't go. Like, why don't, don't do that? You know, you get in the office. Let's teach politics. And I hate politics. Um, but teach it. You know, understand that you let's let's first make make sure everyone votes. Let's give everybody a voice. Let's make sure that everybody gets out and vote. Don't trick nobody and try to do all these uh, precincts and this and 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 tilt it to your end. Just give everybody an open voice to vote and then let the chips fall where they're made. You know, we have a hard time just with the presidency of doing that. You know what I'm saying? Like it's. 
it's uh, a trickle down effect. Shit rolls downhill. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, right. You know so what I, I love? Go ahead, Fran. Well, I was going to say so. So clearly, you are somebody who, in that community, in your Wilmington community down there, you're known as um, somebody who cares, somebody who's invested, you know, emotionally, financially, mm-hmm. you know, everything. Um, and so people are coming to you to um, help them solve pro- whatever problems they see in the community. Um, and you you took that and you chose to open a grocery store. Like, so how, how did how did you get there with okay, all so, of these other kind of factions that are... So I, I normally, um, in a hectic day, I'll ride a lot of times at night, ride around. I told you I love my city. I can go anywhere in my city. I feel comfortable anywhere, any side of town. I love everybody. So I ran across this building that was next to Solomon Towers. It's 150 some units over here. Most of them elderly have issues, whatever. I was like, wow, this building has been empty for so long. And normally I can see things at night that normally you don't see during the hustle and bustle during the day. And I was like, man, that'd be a dope little store. And I started thinking like, wow, they really don't have anywhere to go around here to get any kind of food. Like they got to walk either seven or eight blocks north or seven, eight blocks west, like to try to get to a convenience store. And I was like, man, it'd be dope if I can get down here and like get get with some of my farmers and, and, you know, like get some fresh food down here. Because one of the things I realized was you know, with, with Solomon Towers, which is the apartment complex next to me, is they didn't have access to fresh food or fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, you have to wait for the bus to come. You had the Uber, which, of course, all of them are on a limited fixed income. Right. Um, and I was like, man, I'm going to just go ahead and do it. And so, believe it or not, this was the second business that I opened during the pandemic. So, I opened this. The pandemic hit, what, November October, November, and, and I opened in October, like wow, 2020, and it was just like, you know, the building was crazy, huge building, and I saw so many things um, that could go on in here, so just boots to the ground, uh, painting, getting some friends together, hey man, let's do some of the minor stuff that we could do, and uh, we did that, man, and uh, opened up, like I said, October, right at the beginning of the pandemic, but I knew this proximity, these guys were walking everywhere to even get access to anything. And I was like, yeah, this is a no brainer. This is a grand slam. And so what I did was even I like threw some pool tables in here, threw some TVs on the wall. And it's like, this is like y'all community center. Like y'all come over here. You can buy what you need to buy, but you can like hang out. Um, and I used to look at Solomon Towers and be like, man, that's crazy. Like all these older people, they, they, they bring you out here like this, like the die, like this is it. Like, show them in the Solomon. This is the end of the world for them. Um, and so it's it's uh, very diverse over there, um, which is cool. I love it. And so you get people from all different backgrounds. And some of the most intelligent people I've ever come across, they've lived their life. So they, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80. And, and it's like the experiences that they've had, the knowledge that they have, um, the conversations are, you know, invaluable. Uh, but more so, you know, the, the the great thing out of that is, yeah, you're in it for the business and it's money. Um, but I give away a lot of stuff just because they can't afford it. Um, like I stopped selling cigarettes. I opened up, you know, it's business. I got to be able to pay the rent. Um, 
And it was like, after a while, you just wean them off certain things. Like, all right, no more cigarettes. So they come in. You don't have no cigarettes? Nope. <laughs> you got any tomatoes. You know, um, I don't want no tomatoes. I want a cigarette. You got any tobacco products? Nope. No Newport's up in there? Nope. No and I and I have stopped selling cigarettes probably uh, for the past probably three to four months, mm. like selling cigarettes, like because I feel like you know some you know you coming in here with a with an oxygen tank. Why you want a cigarette? You know what I mean. So to me, um, you know, I've had I've had them come in and say I think you've added five to seven years to my life because I come over here and I can hang out and I can fellowship with people and some of the people in the building I don't even see or know that they're there until I come over here. Um, and so we open at 9 a.m. every day. And then sometimes it's a line waiting to come in just to hang out. Um, and so it, it's cool. I get a lot of questions on why you letting people just hang out over there. And it's like it's not the people that could be your grandmother, that could be your grandfather. Um, uh, you know, when someone passes away over there, it's like it's like a hit to you. It's like, what? Someone so passed? Like, oh, wow. Well, let's do a cookout for them. Let's, you know, let's get with the family and see if we can't do something. Um, again, some some of them, you know, don't have any more family, and, and, that's, and that's it for them. Um, and so I, I just think my kids, my parents, my grandparents, I would want someone to look out for them um, if I wasn't here anymore or wasn't able to. And I'm pretty sure you guys feel the same way. If it's somebody that can be nice and show some compassion to one of your loved ones, whether you're near or far, you would want that versus someone to treat them like, a paycheck. Oh yeah, come in here and buy this and get the hell on about your business. You know, it's it's got to be better than that. Yeah, I mean, so I there's so so many directions. There's so many questions I have for you. <laughs> and you know what? I feel so emotional because all of that is like the goodness of the world. Like that's what makes the world go round. Because I was thinking, I was thinking when I was coming into this podcast, I really want to. Um, talk to Atiba about how do other people replicate this? You know, you look at Western North Carolina when all where all there is is a Dollar General or a convenience store, and people are, you know, having to go ten miles and they don't have a car to get their groceries, and their health blows. And you know, how is their health going to get better when they're eating a pack of nabs and a sun drop and, and sucking down some Newports? You know, because that is what they have access to. And that smoking cessation thing is is brilliant because, you know, even you just read the easiest Atomic Habits book by James Clear. That's a brilliant book with super simple ways to go. What's what's he saying there? He's like, if you don't want to do something, make it inaccessible. You don't want to eat those Oreos, put them on the top shelf in the back where you got to get the ladder to get them. You know, it's just um, community members and business members putting their focus on the health and the sustainability and the joy and the love of the community and not of the, the pocketbook and the, and the business. And so, yes, like I am, I feel so scatterbrained up over here and I almost feel like, no, I'm just going to let a team talk because this is the goal that, that if you cultivate this in your world and you can, you'll make an impact that'll have a ripple and we'll all be healthier. Yes. And so, the, so that's beautifully said. And there's so much about the community that Atiba has created there. But I'm also aware, having owned a business for 10 years, I'm aware of the need to make money as a business, yeah. you know, if you want it to stay around. <clears throat> um, and, and so, yeah, I, I, can you speak to that, how you bring in fresh produce for these 
in this. So I, I, I actually made connections with local farmers um, who we got a great relationship with. Uh, and they, they'll bring me, you know, whatever seasonal vegetables we have in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so you're right. The first part is is business because you got to be able to sustain. And so, again, what I what I was able to do was flip the store around a couple times. I have four pool tables in now. Um, it's a dollar per game. And I split it. Again, you have guys over there who their glory days, that's what they used to do. Um, so we have pool tournaments and we bring outside community to come in. So, you know, okay. they're in there right now shooting pool, which, believe it or not, probably every – Every two weeks, anywhere from four to six hundred dollars is made off the pool tables, which well, without great. those, that that's a bonus. Yeah. Um, and then just just the overall blessing, you know, a, a grocery store, convenience store, whatever. You know, the markup isn't isn't crazy. Like you're not, you know, you got to deal with Walmart. You have to deal with big chains. So, you know, in, in the age of the mom and pops, they will run out of business. Um, yeah. But again, you know, the, the blessing for me is I'm right next door to this unit. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody over there gets, you know, EBT. So they get benefits. So as long as I keep the staples of everything, um, I do understand I'm not going to retire off of this. You, you know what I mean? Right. This yeah, isn't a retirement type thing, but you have to keep the doors open. So, I'm, you know, the, the pool tables are a blessing. Um, being next door to them, just the proximity is a blessing. Um, and so I, I was also able during the pandemic, I opened a U-Haul lot. So I had two locations running. So what I did uh, a year ago was close my U-Haul lot and brought the U-Hauls over here to the grocery store because I have a parking lot. So I parked the U-Hauls over here and I'm, I'm able to run U-Hauls out of here as well. So it's like, you know, as much as I could pack into this building to generate income, uh, we'll, we'll stay open. So you just have to be open-minded and creative. Again, I'm downtown Wilmington, right across the bridge. So uh, I'm a hub for U-Hauls. Um, so the U-Haul business is good. Um, and yeah, you struggle like any other business. Um, you know, you have your, your, your good months and your bad months. Um, but I think, again, overall, you know, helping change lives, being a blessing to others. The universe will repay you back, friend. I just have to believe in that. You know what I mean? Like, it's, 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 it's done it so much so far. Um, it hasn't let me down in all these years. So I just really have to believe that the universe will keep paying it. If I keep paying it forward, the universe will keep providing. That's just, I gotta, I gotta believe that. Yeah. I, 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 you're a perfect example of that. I mean, you are putting so much into the lives of these people. Um, you know, that, that, um, it sounds like really, everyone you touch and and there's so many different um communities who you are connected with and you're just continuing to give and to give and to give that um yeah it almost feels like there is no way that you're going to fail that this is going to yeah, fail. yeah. yeah. So. okay so um is it is it a good time to go into your work with oops yeah let's do it Okay, so Atiba also has a, a foundation called Oops, and I've oh, threatened yes, like Oops. Uh-huh. I did yeah, like again. Oops, offering op- offering optimistic plans for success. All right, and I've threatened to bust in and come um, be on his board, and he said, "Stop it, Amy Chang, get out of here." But um, 
I really, really would love for you to share some of your work with OOPS. And, um, I, you know, when we talk about the synergy between what you bring into the world and how sustainable your business becomes, you know, that's, that's what we're pointing to, that you are pouring into your community and not uh, to create that the community pours into you. But that's just what happens. Yeah. Like, you can't avoid that. So um, I'll let you tell the story of Oops. Okay. So, uh, again, being very connected, worked with uh, youth for a long time. Me and four of my buddies first um, started a group called Five Kings Incorporated. And Kings stood for kids in need of guidance and support. And we did this right during the time we were coaching Pop Warner. And we were raised up by, you know, like Coach William Murphy, uh, Coach Ron Davis, Coach Mike Jacobs, and they were like really tough on us. And our football teams used to go undefeated, unscored on, super disciplined. We were overly aggressive. Uh, but they used to tell us if your grades aren't correct, you're not getting on that field. And so it was always a competition of, you know, like, man, you know, our grades can't falter. And so we carried that on in the life. So when we were coaching, we did the same thing. So we would go to the schools of all our players. And if they were slacking, you know, we would need to come here after school, get this help. And so that went on for about five or six years. Um, and I spun off. I took a I took a year hiatus. I took a year off um, because I had to self-care. You bring all that stuff home with you. Uh, you know, you have to really learn how to balance. And so I took a year off to learn how to balance. Um, but the calling was still there on me, I assume, because people were still like, hey, my son needs some help. My daughter needs some help. Can you do this? Can you go to the school? And then we noticed a couple of kids that we coached did well in sports, had an opportunity to go to the next level, but their grades faltered. And it was almost like we took our hands off of them for, for a year or two. And, and they, they did well athletically, but they didn't do well in school. And so I uh, worked for a, another company locally and the, the grant givers were like, hey, everybody gravitates to you and all the kids want to get in your program. Why don't you create one of your own? And I was like, my loyalty, I'm working for this company. It's cool. I'm getting this check. I just go home. I do what I do. And so they they urged me. So I went to the director and I was like, look, man, they really want me to start one of my own. And he was like, you should do it. Um, and so that's how Oops was birthed. 2014. Um Started in 2013, but became official in 2014. And we got a grant of like $400,000 to cover like three counties. So I was able to hire a few people. Atiba, that is a huge grant. Oh, yeah, huge. First year out. And so it was great. And we operated off of that. 2017, I got superly aggressive because we were doing some amazing things through hoops. 2017, I went to New Hanover County Schools. And I say, I got 54 of your dropouts that you have written off. All 54 graduated. 49 went to college and or got a job. Three went in the military. I only had two um, that did graduate, but were still trying to find their way. And so I went to the Hanover County Schools and I said, hey, man, let me get $110,000. I want to double that number next year. Um, and so they, they shot me down. They were building an alternative school at the time, in all fairness, um, so they shot me down, uh, built the alternative school, and then 
asked me, could I go out to the alternative school and uh, either train their teachers or talk to somebody? And of course, I turned them down. Um, <laughs> uh, and then I, you know, COVID hit. I pulled back off of Oops, birthed it again, uh, you know, 2021, because the calls were our kids missed a year of school. They kind of listen to you. Uh, they're getting behind. Whatever you say works. And again, I'm I'm from here, so I know a lot of people. And I don't have the Big Buddy program. So I'm not, you know, I like to do an intake. This program may not be for you. If you think I'm going to that school and say, hey, Fran, you're not supposed to do this. That's not how I operate. I'm more of the in your face. Fran, I'm going to be your best friend or your worst nightmare. Get your ass together and get in these people's classroom and do what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, Um and some parents don't some parents don't like that approach. That's why we do an initial intake, um, because, you know, they they kind of don't want anybody to talk to their kids any kind of way or whatever. And I, I respect that. Uh, but I, I thrive off results. It, you know, these kids nowadays are very smart. Um, they're very uh, they can be easily influenced. And so without the right direction, in my opinion, um, I think they can kind of choose the wrong path at times. And so if, unless you have someone that's assertive. And they know that's going to, you know, if need be, tear them down. But in the same breath, build them right back up and then not just build them up, but be right there next to them to make sure that they're walking right along those lines to make sure that they're successful. I think well, in my in my experience, that's the better approach for me. Um, I don't know the nicety way of, you know, Amy, you can't do this. That's not nice. Um, and even speaking with teachers, you know, I've done roundtables for teachers and it's like, Relatability, you have to be able to relate. You know, these kids are savvy. They're nosy. Kids ear hustle. So you in the teacher's lounge talking about, uh, you know, $600 student loan you got to pay back and how you going to pay it. And little Johnny got $2,000 in his pocket and you're trying to figure out why he's falling asleep in class or why he's acting out. It's either because he's hungry, he hasn't eaten, um, you know, maybe he's, in the street life and and you complaining about $600 and you know, he got three or four times that in his pocket. Like you got to be able to relate and figure out, you know, how to connect. And then, you know, the whole fear factor, we got a lot of younger, younger teachers. Schools are rougher. Kids are a lot rougher. They're different. Um, and if you're not, if you're not going to stand up to you, you know, for yourself, they can, they can, they can sense that. So, you know, but oops is great. I find that with my children, you know, you know, I have three kids and have been with them quite a bit on my own, either just because their dad was, you know, working or, um, not around and, uh, man, just a gang of three of your own, very smart human beings can flip that on you. Like nobody. Yeah. Quick, quick. But in, in in all fairness, I will say this. So, so as much, and I like to say, uh, I do a little, but, but I have an amazing team and support system that's around me. And so I would, I would definitely, uh, be remiss without, you know, acknowledging them. And I got some that's been with me through the nightclubs, through oops, um, even, even to this day, um, you know, my wife has been super supportive. My kids are super supportive, um, my two brothers, Squirt and Dante, um, I got Mimi Wyndham, Quanda Mars, Chakima Clinton Quintana, yeah. who's my board chair now. Um, 
I have I have an amazing support system. Like I would not be able to do not even a quarter of this stuff that I'm able to do without them. No. Again, back to the community that you created, right? You you've attracted these people, you've kept them. It's your relationships with them. Yeah. That has sustained that. It's a perfect example of you get what you give. You know, yeah. I mean, you, you've given community and you've gotten community and then you give back to your community and then you get com- more community. It just <laughs> keeps going. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I want to be very clear. Um, this podcast will drop right down in uh, November. I think it's going to be our first podcast to drop in November. If we stay on schedule, we may um, need to shuffle that around. And I'm thinking about food and I'm thinking about feeding people and I'm thinking about um, creating health through nutrition as we enter into November and we're all thinking about eating. Um, yeah, Thanksgiving. But, yeah, Thanksgiving coming up. Atiba, what would you say to um, what what is over there sitting in your little community-minded brain about what all the people who listen to this podcast in Wilmington and Hickory and, you know, Timbuktu, what they can do to serve that community through the food? Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an advocate of community, and so I would definitely say starting your own community first. Um, and then network. You know, if it's something that I can do to help bring to your community or another community, then let's let's collaborate and do that. Uh, partnerships and networking is going to be the key for us moving forward. Um, I don't know if people really want to hear that or believe that, but it's going to take all of us working together. It's been enough divisiveness for the past 10 years um, that it's we're here. We're still here in the places that we're in because of divisiveness. So, I, you know, in my opinion, I think, you know, if it's, you know, it, it would be great if everyone said, hey, let's open up a little small store like Atiba did and, and serve our community. That would be great. Um, and just in, in, in reality, like Fran said earlier, some of that is great, but it may not pay the bills. And so you have to be very creative and have enough things going on because what you don't want to happen is the openness and then it, you know, close it right before you're able to really make a mark. Um, again, I was just blessed, lucky at the time, um, the building was, was vacant and available and, and I'm just adventurous enough to, you know, who's this kid? He's doing something else again Um, and it's, and it's, and it's working, you know, that's kind of what the, you know, people who approach me all the time, man, what you got next? I know you got something cooking next. What's going on next? And it's like, man, I'm waiting for some of y'all to do something so I can just come out and support it, you know? Um, Somebody else step up. Yeah, it's time to pass the torch. Uh, but again, I love it. I probably wouldn't have it any other way. Um, so I really, you know, to be honest, Amy, man, I don't know. I could just say if everybody just start loving one another and networking and combining and coming together to do some stuff, um, not just Wilmington, but Hickory and everywhere else will start becoming better places. Uh, but that's that's what's really got to happen. I wasn't the first convenience store, grocery store. I won't be the last um, no, but people, you, you you are, yours is impactful in, in ways beyond food. And that's, that's, what's important. And that's what keeps, um, people coming to, you know, it's, it is, it, it's the, um, 
all of the little things you have done and that really show the people who come, who walk in, into your store that you care. And I think that's right. the message you are, you know, I'm, I'm taking cigarettes away. It's going to hurt my business, but it's going to help you. Right. So right. That is the message you're giving them consistently. Right. And I think that's huge. Um, so I, I want to, um, I, mean, I feel like we probably need to start wrapping up and although there's got a table, we could talk to you all day. Um, yes. So if those of you are listening, you know, like our podcast, share it. Atiba has so much to, to teach us. Um, subscribe and leave a review if you can. Um, and just and maybe end up with one last question, Atiba. Um, okay. I like the, the, the things you do have so many ripple effects all down the line. Is there one ripple effect, one story, one thing that makes you most proud. Mm, that's a good one. Wow. That is. And it's right. so open-ended. Wow. Yeah, I've had, I've had a lot. Uh, yes. I've had a lot. So I, I, I don't know. And I don't want to be unfair to anybody and be like, dang, that was the one I should have said this one. So, so, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a say, I don't have just one. I, I just love what I do and I love my city. But I will do this. I will give you a treat. Okay, Let's give us a treat. Let's see who's out here. Because I'm at the store now, actually, believe it or not. We're going into the world. We're going into Front Street Market. Who's out That's here? Okay. It's they were just out there shooting pool. Yes, it's called Front Street Market. And yeah, here we go. Were we're walking with Atiba. And there it is. The four pool tables. Yeah. I see a couple people hanging out. Oh, another one. They're waving. Yeah. And what up? Good morning. What's that? Uh, I'm on a podcast. Here's the tour, Fran. <laughs> so we've got shelves and shelves of foods, fruit basket, shoppers. Perfect. Right? Yeah. Oh, no. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I love it too. I say, cash, but I can pay you for what I got. Okay. I got back you can pay me. It's fine. <laughs> and people paying. And Atiba helping people. It's not shocking. And outside the U-Hauls. Uh, Atiba, what's the address there? 604 South Front Street. 604 South Front Street. Yeah. Front Street Market. And you'll yep. find Atiba there most of the time. Yep. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing. All right. It's been great, ladies. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for who you are and what you've been doing. And um, we promise we'll hit you up again. And if there's any way uh, Fran can support you, she said she wanted to do that. Absolutely. Anytime. (laughs) Me too. I just like throwing her under the bus. Y'all ladies have a great day. Thank you for the podcast. Yeah. Thank you. See ya. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. 
discover other network shows, and give us feedback on what you just heard.